Curiosity on Dublin City FM. We're here, we're queer, get into it. I'm James O'Hagan and this is Curiosity, proudly presented by LGBT Ireland, the National LGBT Support Service. Whatever's on your mind, LGBT Ireland's helpline volunteers are here to listen seven days a week on 1800 929 539. Coming up on the show today, Podrick is back from the Big Apple, recharged and ready to chat through some of the biggest LGBTQI plus stories of the week in our Rainbow Roundup. Then, assistant professor from the UCD School of Nursing, Dr. John Gilmore, joins us to talk about how we can address the health inequalities which exist for queer people and challenging exclusion and oppression within the healthcare service. It's never too late to start planning your pride party schedule and with drag powerhouses Victoria's Secret and Davina Divine returning with their annual supersized pride party in Vicker Street, we're joined by Victoria to talk about their plans for a night of pride, camp and pop, as well as how in the face of recent LGBTQI plus backlash, the most radical thing you can do is stick on your highest heels and your sparkliest outfit and get out there and celebrate this pride season and last but by no means least over on the socials Podrick's trip to New York inspired jealousy resentment and just a smidge of tripod related eye rolling but it also prompted a huge amount of curiosity curiosity about solo traveling so we answered some of the most common questions he got and have a chat about what prompted him to step out of his comfort zone and head away on his own but before we get to any of that he is the Ashley to my Mary Kate and it's been a New York minutes since we caught up. <laughs> Padraig Wilson McCarthy, how are you? Everyone's calling me Catherine Thomas. <laughs> They're like off on your own. <laughs> I'm great. I'm fabulous. It's great to be back. Did you miss me? Well now to be fair, it was a very efficient recording last week. We got in and out. <laughs> in and out. There was no one chatting the ears off. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, well babe, I must say I really appreciated all the gifts and the balloons and the banners <laughs> for my return. And I like I mean I heard you couldn't sleep last night with I, excitement. I, I, absolutely like it was like Father Christmas is coming. I know, I get that too. Totally, baby. Look, that happens nearly every room that I'm in. Uh, but I'm good. I'm good. I had a great trip and we will get into it yeah, later I'm on for sure. To, I'm looking forward to hearing about it a bit more. I mean, you know, what you didn't already yeah, put up on your yeah, TikTok. I was going to say, like, like um, as if... I couldn't be more insufferable. Now I'm just going to spend ages talking about it. Like Welcome I, to my radio show yeah, where I talk yeah. about my holiday. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was throwing it in everyone's face while I was there, and now that I'm back, I'm going to still throw it in your face. Look, make it a person, make it your personality. That's make it your personality. Plan. That's the plan. How have you been keeping? I mean, I've been keeping all right. I'm still here in the doldrums of house hunting. So listen, <laughs> people don't need that great cloud. No, would you ever hurry up? Would you ever hurry up? <laughs> oh yeah, I'd love to hurry I up. Know, please, I wish, it was that, I wish it was that easy. Anyone? Any gas going? Any Fingers gas going? crossed for next week. Now, babe, we'll get some. Good Look, news. hopefully we'll have some good news by yeah. next week. Hopefully we will. We have, but on the topic of news, we have loads of news to cover this week, right? So we're just going to get straight into the Rainbow Roundup. Yeah, let's go for it. Okay, well, first of all, the BAFTAs took place this week, last last weekend. Um, and while, you know, there's loads of reporting on who won what, there was an incredibly awkward moment involving our very own Andrew Scott. Did you see this on the red carpet? Yeah, I did. It was it was cringe, cringe. It was it was. So BBC reporter Colin Patterson has come under huge fire for asking Andrew what has been described as and accurately deeply homophobic and disgusting questions about Barry Keoghan. Right. So basically, just take a listen first of all, and we'll chat about it afterwards. Do you know Barry well? I know Barry, yeah. Okay, your reaction when you first saw the naked dance scene at the end of Soul Bar. No spoilers, please, though. <laughs> okay, well, listen, I won't spoil it for anybody. But, you know, it's, it's great, it's great. You can spoil away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I won't spoil it for anybody. There was a lot of talk about prosthetics. 
How well do you know him? <laughs> too much. Too much. So uncomfortable to listen to. And yeah. like we need to remember that Andrew wasn't in Saltburn, so he wasn't there to speak about Saltburn. And the only link that they have is that they're two, both Irish. Two Irish. And the thing about it is, is you can absolutely be guaranteed that this man wasn't going to ask. Wasn't going to ask. No, um, Jacob Lordy, for example. No, wasn't you know what I mean. Jacob Lordy, that wasn't going to ask. Um, Paul Meskell wasn't going to ask. Killian, uh, Killian Murphy. It was literally just targeting the the gay man. Yeah, like it, it, was, it was just violently uncomfortable. It was really uncomfortable to watch, and you could see that all he, Andrew was trying to do was just to politely decline the question and try and move on. He look, look, we've spoken about. The media, the media yeah. frenzy around all of us strangers, and they're doing it really well. I just felt really bad for them in that moment. Do yeah. you know what I mean? And I, I, there's been a couple of hairy moments and questions that they, they get asked all of the time, but like this specifically was uncomfortable. No, but I, I think that like you know because it ha- it has been branded as being homophobic, and I think that it's important to kind of unpack that a bit because the reality is is this is a question that would not have been asked to a straight performer and it was literally and it was like linking back to this kind of stereotype that exists that like gay men are like highly sexualized and also it's essentially like asking have you seen your co-worker like it was essentially saying you know kind of like asking oh have you seen your co-worker naked and let's yeah. laugh at that and it's it's sort of it was incredibly inappropriate and I think the real issue here though is that like showbiz journalism has kind of been reduced down to trying to find viral TikTok moments yeah. like I don't know if you saw there was a, a clip doing the rounds of Dakota Johnson during the Madam Web press tour mm-hmm. where like because like that has been so critically panned a, a, a one of the journal one of the some uh, pop culture journalists was trying to like make a laugh of it with and kind of was you know sort of like making a joke about the film and she just didn't engage yeah. because she was like I'm not going to like give you and your platform some viral yeah. moment which and is it, what they're looking for now exactly and this guy the, the guy who was it Colin I can't remember his Colin name Colin Patterson yeah Colin Patterson first of all he's a heterosexual man married to a lovely woman called Louise according to Wikipedia uh, so mm. this is a heterosexual man choosing to sort of I suppose direct the commentary in this way towards a, a a queer performer and I don't want to know whether he would do the same towards a a, a heterosexual performer I don't, I don't think I don't think that he would no do you know I did. and like he hasn't made any comments since no. like his last tweet which is what he's known for is, is on Twitter or on, yeah. on X was just before yeah you know and I went on and I looked at the comments underneath and he's getting Dogs abuse. Now, what I did notice when I did go and do my little bit of research about him over in his Wikipedia was that this is, he has form for being a little bit obnoxious on the red carpet. So apparently back in 2014 at the Oscars, he uh, decided to try and get the attention of our one and only Bono, another Irish performer, and started screaming in the voice of Alan Partridge, Bono, Bono, across over at Bono, who just ignored him until the eighth time and then came over to talk to him. So he is this kind of person, I think, who just wants to try and be as obnoxious as possible yeah, yeah. in order to kind of get... That's obviously what he's like guises or whatever yeah, but like exactly. it's just yeah will it backfire on them this time which I am glad to see yeah. and I think it, 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 watching that clip if you actually see the, the reaction that Andrew Scott is having in the moment it is so it's very clear yeah. he is incredibly yeah, uncomfortable totally um, we're going to move on the next story it's a tragic and disturbing story it's coming from Oklahoma this week and I don't know if you've heard about it it's um, a young student who identified as being non-binary died tragically just one day after they had been after they and another student who identifies as being trans were assaulted in a bathroom while at school so the student who passed away was called Nex Benedict they were admitted to hospital for care for head injuries which they'd sustained in the attack by three female students Um, they were released after uh, the uh, um, they were they were they were sent to hospital, but 
the next day actually they took ill again and subsequently died um, it's her- a horrific story horrific story no it, it, it is a really horrific story and I think that when you put it into the context of everything else that's going on in America at the moment where there are all like there is such a like a focus in a laser focus in on queer people in schools and a sort of a a borderline obsession in in sort of like online right wing spaces about kind of trying to make it as difficult as possible to be visibly queer within these spaces in Oklahoma itself there had a, a bathroom yeah. ban was brought in not, yeah, like, not yeah. too long ago uh, basically saying that that that, that you could only use the bathroom, to the bathroom uh, you know, aligning with your, your gender at birth. And recently, the same state had um, has has installed. There's a. Are you familiar with Libs of TikTok? No. Libs of TikTok is a an incredibly right wing TikTok account run by a woman called Chaya Radchik, who is basically sort of like a, a, a viral grifter out there to try and kind of create as much controversy as she possibly okay. can in order to be able to bring kind of attention and, and money her own way. She has recently been installed on one of the, the, the school boards in the state of Oklahoma. She has incre- like she has highlighted and targeted um, queer teachers and teachers who support queer students in the past and like unleashed her followers on them. One of the teachers was actually in the same school school where next was attending and they had gotten that teacher fired or they had that teacher had, had to, mm. to resign as a result of the, the onslaught of abuse that they had had so it's like not only net so this is an example of where laws have been brought in to prevent this student from being themselves supportive teachers and adults were taken out of the space yeah. and children were shown online that it is completely okay to devalue the existence yeah. of, of trans and non-binary people yeah. and then this is what happens also shocking behavior on behalf of the school that they well, that, that's what like i was going to say like call yeah, an ambulance. That's what I was going to say. So um, what has come to light now is that, you know, Nexus Guardian has come out and said that they had been, you know, subject to loads of bullying yeah. since that law came into pass about, about using the bathroom. And the school is now coming under fire because... Um, it had been reported, but they, that they that they've ne- they've ne- they never contacted any of the yeah. authorities regarding regarding next. They didn't report to the police, and it was a violent violent attack that they were subjected just, to. I, I mean, just like I, from your own like I suppose out of your own experience, like yeah. is there is there a, a, a protocol in Irish schools that if someone has an accident on school property that you call oh without like, for a, a doctor d- without a doubt, of course, <laughs> naturally, like like you would in anywhere else in society. And what I should say is com- coming from someone who who works within the education system. School is meant to be a safe space, yeah. particularly for LGBTQ students, you know, and it's just, it's yeah. horrendous to hear yeah. that there's and, there's children being treated this way. And I mean, following on somewhere. from from obviously uh, Brianna Jai being being murdered last year and then the assault on the, the trans student uh, or the, the trans person last, last week, it is just so tragic to see these young queer people being targeted and mm-hmm. ending up either with injuries or, or dead yeah. as a result of this backlash. And I hope that something can be done about it. To, I do to too. Sort of, yeah. I do too. Now, um, change this, of direction. Change of direction. <laughs> <laughs> this is me practicing pivoting now, right? And I don't know if this is good or bad news, but Boy George is releasing new music, and I'm going to ask you why. I don't know why, but anyway, he is. He's releasing new music, and I'm assuming in an act that was designed to drum up a bit of p- publicity um, around the release. They he they also released artwork for the new single, which is an exact exact replica. Of Kylie Minogue's artwork for her Tension. album Tension, like exa- like as in the color is the same, the 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 effect on the picture is the same, the and the, the, the font is the exact same, and I just don't know what's going on. 
I like honestly it I don't understand it because I've seen that that like Boy George has has been being kind of playful with it on Twitter and kind of you yeah, know, yeah. like kind of taking the piss out of people who are taking it all too seriously but I am kind of like I want to know is this the actual cover or is this just like the like controversy viral moment totally. cover totally cuz like I like um he has come out and said now that he had leaked Padam Padam apparently and then there was an interview during the week where Kylie spoke and, and the the interviewer asked her did you know that Boy George had leaked Padam Padam and she's like I didn't even know that happened she's like oh she called him Naughty George <laughs> but I was just like I was like, what is he, 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 what's he even trying to do? And then in another tweet, because, you know, there's obviously the Kylie fans, they're, they're a law unto themselves. Feral, they're like, they're like the Swifties, right? <laughs> and they, they've been popping off and they've been calling Boy George out for, you know, artistic, you know, ripping off another artist's work. And he even claimed as well that, you know, he co-wrote Padam Padam apparently, which is what he's saying <laughs> now. And he's not listed as being one of the lyricists to the track, but he said, you know, he uh, quote uh, tweeted it and said, you know, I wrote Papadam. <laughs> didn't even get the song right so it's just all a bit wild I don't know what's going on I, I have to, I do have to say I appreciate that, that he is literally just being like I'm making as much controversy as I can and I'm going to make hay when <laughs> yeah. the well, the sun shines and that song will get into the top 10 for, for a day and a half Religion and that, by Boy George. And that, and, Check it out. And that'll be that'll be enough, <laughs> won't it? Really? Like that's all we have the time for. That, that is all the time we have time for that today. That is, of course. But still to come, <laughs> we have drag icon Victoria's Secret, and she's going to be talking to us about Victoria and Davina's Pride Party taking place this June. Also, Dr. John Gilmore joins us to discuss creating a more inclusive health service. But first, some music from Dua Lipa. This is training season on Curiosity. <laughs> Despite huge advances made over the past decade, discrimination and stigma still prevents LGBTQ people from accessing healthcare. Here to chat to us about addressing the health inequalities which exist for queer people is Dr. John Gilmore, Assistant Professor at the UCD School of Nursing, who has dedicated much of his career to challenging exclusion and oppression within the healthcare system. Thank you so much for joining us, John. Thanks for having me, guys. It's really nice to be here. Welcome, John. (laughs) So many people think of LGBTQ plus health exclusively through the lens of HIV, AIDS and specifically I suppose sexual health. Can you talk to us about some of the health inequalities that exist for queer people beyond that? Yeah, so I think the first thing I'd say is that issues of sexual health and sexual well-being and HIV, they remain big issues within our communities. So it is really important that When we're talking about broadening out the conversation, it's not about instead of sexual health, because we know really clearly that there are disparities in health outcomes in sexual health. Sex is really important as kind of a human behaviour. It's lots of fun. And, you know, I I think more and more people should be thinking and talking about sex and sexual health. So that's my first thing to say. But absolutely, it does kind of take... um, priority in a lot of conversations from healthcare providers within the research sphere and the policy sphere. Um, And that's because we have the data around sexual health. But it often comes from this, I suppose, quite superficial perspective on health and superficial understanding of the lives of LGBTQIA plus people. Um, So we know more and more the more we inquire and ask questions. So right now, One of the things I would say as somebody who researches sexual and gender minority health, the biggest challenge is is data. We -hmm. we don't have the data. So we are growing, we're getting more information around different health inequities or different areas of health or healthcare where queer people are facing inequalities or disparities in outcome. But that's only when a specific Mm -hmm. 
researcher or clinician is bothering to ask the question. Okay. So an example I always give is maybe lesbians over the age of 40 are more likely to have two, type 2 diabetes. We don't know that because prevalence studies around type 2 diabetes rarely ask about sexual orientation yeah. or gender identity. Yeah. So if we don't ask the questions, we don't know. But we are knowing more about like there's certain cancers that LGBTQIA plus people are more likely to get and also are more likely to have poor health outcomes related to that. And there's this really complicated kind of confounding issues where, you know, we, we don't understand enough about the reasons why people have the health inequalities, but because LGBTQIA plus people have poor experience of healthcare, they're less likely to engage positively mm -hmm. with healthcare providers who aren't specifically LGBTQIA plus affirming or specialist in the field. So I can't really answer a lot of the questions because <laughs> we do know that there are health inequities and issues of lots of mental health disparities in substance use disorders, in issues of body image on numerous different levels. And I suppose we know a lot about we know the reason for a lot of this isn't that something inherently different about us biologically. It's it's our experience yeah. of the world. So there's this there's this um, model or concept of minority stress that was developed by a sociologist called Liam Mayer um, about 20 years ago now. And that basically demonstrates how issues of discrimination, lack of acceptance in society, all feed down into feelings of internalized homophobia. And that leads to differences yeah. in how we yeah. access healthcare, have healthcare behaviours. And, and I can see how that would be the case. Yeah. Sure. And, mm -hmm. and while we and while it makes sense that that impacts us in terms of our mental health and our emotional mm -hmm. well-being, there's also pretty good evidence and growing evidence that, you know, it's also impacting lots of physical health things yeah. as well. Yeah, totally. John, a lot of people think that all all we need to do is be equal or that everyone is treated the same. But that isn't always the case. And why would a one-size-fits-all approach to healthcare probably be inappropriate for people in the queer community? Yeah, it really doesn't. It's my pet hate when I'm teaching yeah. students, undergraduate healthcare professional students or postgraduates, and they say, I treat everybody the same. I say, then you're a bad nurse or a bad nurse. <laughs> because, you know, well, I don't go into, you know, a clinical environment and decide, OK, let's give everybody 20 milligrams of a statin and let's see how we get on. We don't do that. We, you know, in, in nursing in particular, so my background is in nursing, I still practice as a nurse and you know, one thing that's really important in, in my profession and, and our philosophy of care is person-centeredness. So evaluating the needs, the desires, the preferences of an individual. You do need some knowledge behind that. Mm -hmm. um, and that's really important. And people should have equal access, certainly. But equal access doesn't mean everybody gets the same all the time. Sure. It means that people have the, the, the equal right to healthcare, which is accessible and appropriate to their needs. Um, and I think that's really important. Mm -hmm. So I suppose, how can we start, like, how can we start to address the, the, the healthcare rights of gender and sexual minorities? And I know that this will come from like a number of spaces, like you'll need a policy agenda, you'll need sort of like a push coming from within the professional bodies and all that. But how can we start to move towards that more fair and equitable healthcare system? I think what's really important is that we first of all come at health and healthcare from a human rights perspective. Uh, and not everybody does, surprisingly. Mm. Some people see healthcare as a commodity, but actually 
appropriate health care, health care that meets your specific needs as an individual or as a community um, is a human right. And I think that's really important to, to address, first of all, that people have a right to live, you know, free lives, lives which are linked up to what they want to do in terms of freedom and expression. And the health system should work around that to develop mm. care, which is, is appropriate. Um, I think too often in healthcare infrastructure and also in policy, we expect people to fit into our very narrow lens of what it means to be healthy or what it means to mm-hmm. um, live well. Whereas actually, I think, particularly if you take a more kind of philosophically a queer approach to healthcare, that health can mean lots of different things to lots of different yeah. people. And we see this in discourses around disability. We see this in discourse around body size. We see discourses around kind of ethnic minorities as well, that we have a very narrow lens of what it means to live well, to live healthy, and what you are entitled to as healthcare. And we see this particularly, I mean, going back to the sexual health stuff, because it's, it's a big area of my work, you know, people's perspectives on what people are entitled to when it comes to sexual health. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're not going to use a condom, yeah. then that's your problem. Well, that's not about choice. That's not about freedom. That's not about rights. Yeah, it, it kind of goes back to that sort of like the deserving sick versus the undeserving yeah. sick. Yeah. And queers never deserve anything. And I yeah. think this is really important <laughs> because, and again, it comes back to that focus on mental health issues and sexual health issues. There's a lot of perpetrating of these myths that... um everything that impacts us in terms of ill health is because of our behaviours and because of what we do. And in some ways, you know, behaviours lead to certain yeah. health outcomes, positive or negative. But those behaviours come from somewhere as well. Yeah. And the resources shouldn't be linked to you being deserving or not. Totally. Mm-hmm. I'd be interested to find out from your own point of view, what are the, like, the key areas that need change in order to improve the health of of the queer community? I think the first thing really for us is is to understand the health um, needs, but also the health landscape. So, so a lot of my focus now in terms of systems change is looking at data. So looking at sexual orientation and gender identity data as a standard in terms of how we collect health information, but also in terms of how you engage with people. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I would often ask students in a, in a class of like, you know, should we ask all of our patients around their gender identity and sexual orientation? And usually I do a little poll and I get, you know, most people say yes, because I'm there and they know that's what I want. Um, a lot of people say it depends. And some people inevitably say no, they say it's private. It's up to the person to disclose that to me. But remembering that even asking that question can be really affirmative for people. Mm-hmm. Somebody taking an interest in you. Yeah. And then people say, well, if I ask an 80 year old cisgender woman, you know, is she a lesbian or is she trans? Mm. She's not going to understand. If someone doesn't understand the question, they're probably not from the community. Yeah. So that's yeah. that's fine. Yeah. But if somebody is, if you're talking to an 80 year old woman who's a lesbian and you've asked her about her sexual identity, the likelihood is she'll find that quite affirmative. Without yeah. a doubt. And maybe she won't and she'll move on because you know sometimes in nursing you ask people if they've had a poo in the morning yeah. but you can't ask them yeah. if they're... And yeah. if, the, if the question seems like a standard question you're asking everybody well then the people can, I, you can decide whether to answer it or and, not. And this is what this is what I like in terms of like training that LGBT Ireland will provide like we always say that the, the people who need to hear the 
the question will hear it being asked totally. and the people who don't won't even notice yeah. it but we we have to wrap up I'm being a very oh. stern symbol of wrap up coming from the, <laughs> from the so production box it's been the whole hour <laughs> no talking problem. about that like is, there's yeah. so much to discuss thank you so much for, we'd love to have you back on to talk about some of the other areas you're working in because I think the work you do is so needed and so fantastic so thank you so much John, where can thanks. people go and check in on your research or indeed watch whatever you do in, in the gym or on Twitter or whatever it is <laughs> my my only uh, fans my Twitter for I can't share that uh, my account on the platform formerly known as Twitter is is Gilmore J Nurse and also if you Google John Gilmore Nurse it's usually me that comes up I'm sure there is another one somewhere but yeah <laughs> delighted I think the more people are talking about sexuality and health is is better and actually we can really lead the way in improving health outcomes not just for queer people but also for straight yeah, people absolutely John thank thanks you so, so much. much thank you Welcome back to Curiosity. Now, if you are even remotely familiar with the Irish drag scene at all, then you'll be familiar with our next guest. She's been entertaining crowds for almost 20 years, so since she was about, what, two? And she's become one of the most prominent drag performers in the country. But not to be a one-trick pony, she's also responsible for bringing some of the biggest drag queens from around the world to Ireland to many drag fans' delight and also hosts her own podcast, Petty Little Things, alongside the one and only Divina Divine here for a chat and to tell us about this year's Victoria and Davina's Pride Party it's Victoria's Secret Hello well, Y'all are so professional <laughs> Oh my god there's scripts yeah, and, we, and a soundproof room like what is this glamour We always try to do a bit of flattery at the start oh, Well to be honest in classic Irish way I was like please go and swallow me I, like hearing anything nice <laughs> and positive it. I'm like I shut it's up awful. like shut up I know. but thank you that was nice You're who wrote it though who it wrote was, it It was all, all me Was it? All me Oh my god Carrie Bradshaw Research, babe. I was doing my research. When I saw 20 years, I was like, oh my oh, God. I actually can't believe that because like, I, yeah. I still like think of you as like the, one of the new queens because I'm like, oh my okay, God, thank like, God. That feels like, nice. Panty, Shirley and, yes. and, and Dolly and Veda. They're like, they're the established queens and totally. then there's like you and Davina are like the new ones, you know? So, you know, know it's weird queen. that you say that because when I was touring with like some of the Drag Race girls, I would always like look up to them and I was like, and more recently I've had this moment where I was going, I'm doing drag way longer than these yeah, cars. Why was I being like oh you're fabulous I'm like I'm fabulous too uh, before we before we get into talking with the Pride yeah. Party and Pride season is fast approaching totally. uh, I wanted to just talk about because we were saying that you know you've been performing drag for, for 20 years now yeah. how has I suppose how has drag changed for you as a performer in that time I think well, for drag in general, when I started, it was like, you want to do it for a bit of crack more so. And now everyone, like, wants to be the next. Like, they're mm-hmm. picking these names yeah. that, like, they should be walking down catwalks with. <laughs> like, how cringe yeah. that I have to, like, if I'm doing something special, I'm like, they're like, what's your drag name? I'm like, oh, it's Victoria's Secret. I'm like, oh, <laughs> every single time. It just did not date very well. But, it's like, like it's you know. It's like, you know, when you have your first email address. Yes. And it's like, sexy P6969. Uh-huh. It's awful. Try putting that on the CV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Doesn't matter. <laughs> so like I'm always like I'm always just trying to say Victoria for a start but anyway um, so I think people were just approaching it just to like have a bit of crack and now oh my god people people think they're about to take over mm-hmm. I don't know 
I keep going to say TV3, Virgin Media. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. It's competitive. Like, I, I still think that the people that survive the best and last the longest are the ones that do approach it like it's fun. Do you know what I mean? If you're yeah. into like uh, like acting and you join like Malahide Amdram Society, you know, it should be fun. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Totally. And then it reads better. Yeah, it can be because if you, if you approach it like you're, you're going to establish a career, then you come off like you're on LinkedIn and that's not good totally. crack. <laughs> totally. And I love a wonky eyebrow. Yeah. Like, let's, <laughs> let's normalise not bright makeup. Up. It doesn't yeah. have to be perfect. Yeah, like. yeah I agree. Totally. But actually, so I mean, drag has become so much more mainstream, and like obviously, drag race has been an enormous part of that. And now, even in the last couple of years, with the likes of say Panty and Blue Hydrangea being on Dancing with the Stars, it's yeah. starting to like even be broadcast into like Middle Ireland homes. Like, how do you think? I mean, that's changing the way the queer community is being perceived, especially kind of at the moment where there is such like vitriol being directed against us. That yeah. like I suppose the, the, the drag queens are once again like the ambassador ambassadors for our mm-hmm. community in a way yeah i feel like okay the queer scene uh, like what i'm afraid of is that we water ourselves down for yeah. being you know welcomed into everyone's home and i get like there, there has to be you know that like putting out the right message for the right people at the same yeah. time but like i know what the scene was like when i came out versus what the scene is like then and yeah. my god people are missing out on some serious crack do you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. i don't know totally. i don't think like well neither of you are old enough to remember like panties club nights in the pod but like i was 18 working behind the bar and like that opened my eyes fairly yeah. quickly yeah, there's education I, there totally what I love to see though is like more doors opening for queer people in general yeah. I mean representation does matter in terms of when we were growing up there was no one to really look at like the first person I still get like uh, like shivers when I think about Brian Dowling and the uh, impact that yeah, that had absolutely. on me yeah. as like I actually a, agree with you there funny, like, yeah. and, and he didn't even know what he was doing at that time and mm. I think that read even more beautifully because yeah. it was just natural no, but really. like all of a sudden our moms and our aunties were like oh my God, we love Brian Dowling. And yeah. then that just made me kind of go, okay, well, you might still love me too. You know, yeah. like, in a way. Yeah. So it's definitely like seeing Blue on Dancing with the Stars at the moment. Firstly, I really didn't think she could dance. So I have said this to her face. No, I'm very impressed. She's so good. Oh my God, she's so amazing. Good. I had yeah. to be, I had like, especially Stunt being casting. on. Yeah, well, I say think it, you say see, it, say it. <laughs> you see Drag Race and there are queens that you're like, okay, that's a dancing queen. And then yeah. this is like more of a fashion queen. And I had definitely put Blue and more in, in column B rather than column A. And I have been beyond impressed. I, yeah. I, I think she's impressed with herself too, which means Simone, her, I hope I said his name correctly, Simone, I think it is, uh, needs to get keys to the city for like yeah, getting absolutely. those dance moves out of her. <laughs> Sure I mean. um, so uh, what's what's been interesting though is seeing the different response response people are getting like towards panty and towards blue and I don't know if it's just more panties being such a strong political figure but she definitely had a really different experience Very in terms much. of like social media or maybe she just opened the doors that people are just a bit more oh okay do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it's kind of that like kind of first into the breach kind of then took a lot of the vitriol and now people are kind of a bit more open. But I think what you totally. said at the beginning is so important about like we don't want to like have to make ourselves palatable mm-hmm. in order to be be queer because like the best thing about our community is the way it's different and how like, I don't know, how I don't know, un- unabashedly unashamed we are about yeah. different things. So I do think like it's so important that we keep a hold of it. Totally, because we're all yeah. not the same, like, yeah. you know, okay. even within our own community. But anyway, what I'd love to see going forward is just them casting a few more people that are in, in not a competition setting but more yeah. of a like yeah, just across here's the an actual board. like a job we want you yeah. to be That's like presenting this or yeah. like I mean Panty's basically a journalist she should be yeah. doing yeah, it yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah get her on um, 
you, you we spoke there about blue and like you work alongside loads of drag queens and like you have also worked alongside lots of the drag queens that people would recognise from Drag Race. We've all we've spoken about Drag Race a few times uh, on the show, right? Um, and do you think Drag Race has had a positive impact? like on people's perceptions of drag or has it helped drag make more make it more popular yeah i think like drag race is one a fantastic tv program do you know what i mean is it representative of all types of drags no um however it is it's exciting television to watch like yes. if you know the the uk scene like there's so many people that have mm-hmm. not been yeah. on it so they're casting personalities as opposed to talent yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and then there's also talent cast in there too yeah. so it's kind of like a like a melting pot of different types of yeah. personalities in there i think it's had a really good impact in terms of we all know our heterosexual friends and family who are watching it now yeah, it's and it's kind of opened up to to them whereas before it's always been an art form that we yeah. uplifted like in those four walls you could be so huge and then you leave those four walls and no and one has a clue totally. which by the way is kind of fierce in yeah. itself absolutely um i love it i watch so many different franchises yeah. Yeah. um depending on like how tired i am because yeah. some of them <laughs> yeah, like yeah. philippines is yeah. great if you've ever watched philippines it's Incredible. I've heard that I haven't watched yeah. Philippines. Oh, so I'm good. kind of at the stage where I feel a little bit burnt out from it. I just totally. need to take a little break. Oh, but I think that's it. You take, I, yeah. you take a bit of a break. I mean, I was doing a whole podcast about it and I yes. needed to like step back because <laughs> I was like, I cannot watch another episode of this. Yeah. And now I'm back invested and I'm, I'm really loving it. But anyway, we need to ask you yeah, about quickly. the Victoria and Davina <laughs> oh, Pride yeah. party coming up this June. It has become like one of the like most kind of anticipated yeah, events of Pride season. Huge so highlight. what can people expect this year? And what are you, what are you hoping to give the, the children? Well, me and Davina are pop tarts. <laughs> we are pop tarts. Yeah. We like radio edits. We don't. We don't need a dance remix. Thank you very much. <laughs> that is us to the core. So we open in Vic Street from six pm to two am. There's pretty much an act on every single hour. We always are trying to get like the Irish pop act in there. So we had Una Healy last year, and then this year is Jedward, who I've been trying to book Jedward for oh, like amazing, honestly yeah. forever. Yeah, beyond they're hard just to catch, the, I'd say they are. Yeah. Like, do you know what? Like, uh, they are. They're definitely busy, and there always seems to be in Gemma Collins' house for some reason. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's so going on. Right, we're Tara Stewart. It's like yeah. one or the other. Yeah, it's so random. And <laughs> um, so Jedward, we've got uh, Tiara Sky. If you're like familiar with drag on, on social media, she's killing it at the moment. We've got. Um, Fake Taylor Swift, which is called Taylor Mania. And then this Tuesday, we're announcing our last one, which is a glamour model not known for singing, but is going to perform her socks off. <laughs> oh my God, live. I know we, that. We cannot wait. Yeah. We it's cannot wait. It's going to be mayhem, to be honest. Absolute mayhem. I love it. And yeah. it's, it's all coming up. When is that? So it is on Saturday, the 29th of June, 6pm to 2am. And like, if people want to get tickets, can they get them Master. now? Yeah, Ticketmaster.ie, available straight away. Brilliant. Thank you so much. I'm I'm oh. very excited. I grew up in the era of like page three models doing guest appearance at like the Earth Night Club in uh, <laughs> yeah. in, Abby in, in, and stuff. in <laughs> Abby yeah. Tittman's stuff. Abby Marsh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, iconics. I'll be wearing belts. So <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much for coming in. Where can people go find and follow you if they want to have sure. a look at what you're doing? I hate TikTok, so don't even try. Um, <laughs> just Instagram, really. At Victoria Secret Dublin on Instagram. Pe- at Petty Little Things Pod on Instagram as well. Perfect. Thanks so much, Thanks so much for talking to us. Thank you.
That is like, so me. I, I planned it just for you. <laughs> Do you like that? that? Yeah, I'm finding more and more songs <laughs> that I can relate to about the trip, and that's definitely one of them. Number one, I, I knew, I heard that. I was like, listen, this is going to really, this is going to speak to on a really like a soulful level. On <laughs> yeah, a really soulful yeah, level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I feel, I feel like I played that part. <laughs> but no, but we 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 wanted to have a conversation with you because I think you know you your your Instagram and your stories and stuff seem to really like elicit a lot of curiosity it was about crazy. Yeah, it about was the crazy. Yeah. So last last week or the week before, I was away. I went to I went to New York, and you know what? I I I New York has always been a bucket list destination for me. Like yeah. I don't know what it is, and I I I just always wanted to visit that city. I think it's a city that most people would want to visit yeah. for, for whatever reason. But like, it's just always really appealed to me. And and while and I'm very careful about what I say about America, right? While there's so much going on over there, and while I feel like they're regressing in many ways, there's something about that country that I think is like really like drawing and yeah, I think like you know, it's really interesting in and I, yeah it is and it's, I suppose there's always been when we were growing up especially the American dream um, and I suppose we always see it in movies and it's glamorous and there's yeah. always something going on so New York had always been something somewhere that I wanted to go to um, and last October I was kind of having a bad week and I was kind yeah. of like I hadn't been away I hadn't been done anything and I was like you know what I'm going to book a trip Yeah, I discussed it with friends and other people wanted to come with me but like just scheduling wasn't going to work and I just booked it and I was like you know what I'm going to just give it a go and I'll, I'll go and I'll see how we get on Yeah I, I think like that I suppose you kind of had talked a bit before about the fact that this wasn't something you feel like you would have been in a place to do at a previous no. time. Because it is a very daunting thing to decide to do to just like be like, I'm going to put myself into a space where I'm exclusively like where I'm literally having a me party. Yeah. We're, we're having, so like, and, yeah. What, how, how had that change come about? Well, you see, I suppose like, and I'm not sure you're speaking about my mental well-being at all, you know. And there, there, there had been a time where you know I was fe- found a really loneliness was something that I found really, really difficult, mm-hmm. right? And and I couldn't really put my finger on why I was feeling lonely, especially considering I'm always around people. Yeah, like I'm constantly. I'm, I I spend very little time on my own. And then it was through like speaking to someone about it before that I realized that maybe I'm not good at being on my own, or I've because I, I'm never on my own. Yeah. So I took it upon myself to just work on that, you know, look look at little things to to, to be more comfortable in my own in my own company, I suppose. Yeah. And and not allowing being in my own company to be an opportunity for my thoughts to fester. Yeah. It was only last August August I think I went to the Oppenheimer in the cinema by myself for the first time. I couldn't and previous to this and like I still probably wouldn't go to the cinema myself in Cork because I know everyone that works in the cinema and I'd be like nervous to go on my own because I don't want people it, it was always a perception of what other people would think yeah. really you know and, and I went and I said that was actually lovely um, and then suddenly I'm going I'm going away on my own but what I should say is I'd never really done the solo travel thing before apart from a day or two somewhere yes, beca- yeah. uh, while I was waiting for someone else Yeah. anyway this opportunity came around and I went and I, and I, and I, and I, I took it and what I learned from it was just insane like it's been mad uh, I, I suppose that's, that's, that's what I'd like to, to get into is like what have you taken away from us well First of all, that I could do it. Yeah. That was the thing. Like, I saw it as a bit of a challenge previous to this, right? And I was like, would, am I going to go or am I going to bottle it now? Am I, am I going to be up the walls? And one thing that I would say to anyone, because, like, that's what I said, and I said at the beginning, the amount of 
of uh, pardon the pun curiosity the amount of people that were curious about it are like sending me messages and asking me questions or even saying I could never do this if, like first of all I would have said I could never have done this right but the amount of people that, that were that were the curious about it was mad and I spoke and I, and I really did have to think about it because people were asking for an answer mm-hmm. um, and what was the question again sorry but no I'm just I'm just wondering about like yeah. kind of what you've taken away from us. What I've taken away. First of all, that I can do it. Yeah. Right? Second of all, people annoy me. What I've, I've come to realise. <laughs> and and for five days, I wasn't annoyed by anybody else. <laughs> but like, there's just, so, there's something really lovely about about being able to, to feel that you can do it on your own. Do you know? Yeah. And there's a sense of achievement that comes with it too. When you're away with people, you have to like go, you, you, there's a certain of, yes. you know, going with other people's, what other people want to do and stuff. You get to do whatever you want to do whenever you want. There's one or two things that I would suggest to people though. Yeah. Um, and I had to think about this because people were, were asking. One is make sure that you, you research your accommodation properly, right? Because yeah. I found that I booked a hotel very close to Times Square. Um, I paid a little bit extra because I wanted to make sure that I felt secure in there, right? That I was comfortable, yeah. that I could sleep at night, that if I'm in the room on my own or I hear a noise, I'm not going to be freaking out. So that was the first thing I did and I found that to be really wor- worthwhile. And also, if someone's t- doing this for the first time, it might be a bad idea to pick somewhere where you know somebody already. Yeah, So okay. like, I actually did have a friend that was in New York and I met them one of the days. It was nice to know that they were there. Should I, you know, something happened? Yes, or should I yeah. be uncomfortable? Or should I... Let, like let's just say bottle it yeah so those kind of things like you kind of and I suppose the, the things that like m- probably mostly come to mind when people are thinking about travelling on their own is like what's it like say going for dinner on your own because like a lot of us Blissful. like particularly are <laughs> but like yeah. there is a big difference to yeah. like going for lunch on your own or whatever or even no, going to know. Dinner. but like that notion of like going out and maybe like sitting down in a in a restaurant it's funny you own. say this because someone else asked me this and I was like what I've noticed the most by going for dinner on my own is that you're never you're not the only one that's on their own. Yeah. Because when you're with somebody else and you're chatting and you're you know your mind's occupied, you're not really taking in your surroundings. I did a lot of observing while I was on yeah. my own, and I noticed that there's loads of people on their own actually. You know, and when you walk like I had an issue with going in and asking for a table for one. Yeah. Because I used to be thinking, oh my god, like this is like they're going to be like why like one person like taking up a table for what could be potentially a table for two. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I yeah. often skip the line. They're like, come on in. You know, come yeah. in and sit at the bar. <laughs> it's custom at the end of the day. And people yeah. are delighted to see you coming in and spending money. It's actually, I mean, that's that's the other side of it as well. Like, you, you let yourself get so limited by the perception of what other people might be thinking about you. Totally. But in reality, they're off doing their own thing. And if you can just sit down and you've got your headphones in or you're even just, like, looking around the place, like, you're able to just enjoy, and as you said, like, observe the surroundings you're actually in. Exactly. You, did you find that you, like, saw more than maybe you would have if you'd been I, there with... I, totally took in way more I took in so much like and it was even even the the sitting down and and watching people was really interesting but one thing that was kind of playing on my mind before I went especially um, people when I was there it was different because people saw how much fun I was having or how much I was enjoying myself but what I was conscious of before I went was were people feeling sorry for me do people think like, oh my God, like, oh God love him, he's going on his own. Yes, that kind yeah. of thing. And and particularly like my parents actually, like I think they were, there was part of them that was worried that I was going to New York on my own, which is fair enough. Yeah. But also they were kind of saying, oh, like, you've loads of friends, why are you going on your own? Yes, and I'm yeah, like, yeah. I 
want to do this. Like, I want to go on my own. I like being in my own company now, fortunately. Do you know? Yeah. And there was also people that reached out and said, okay, you need to calm down. You're only gone five days. And I'm like, okay, well, that's great for you from, because in your mental space, it's not a big deal. Yeah. But for me, it is a big deal to be able to do this. And for also, for other people, you know, it might be encouraging that they feel that they can do this now. Yeah, I mean, I think that's like, I mean, it, everyone have their own like levels of capability so I think for people who be reaching out to be like saying oh excuse me would yeah. you be able to like yeah. you know calm down it's like well this is a big deal for me totally. and maybe we should celebrate people like achieving things that are big deals for themselves rather than kind of always going to that place of like judgment but yeah I, I do think that it is a huge thing to like I've I've always wanted to travel on my own mm. but I've I've never had the neck for it mm. I've always like even at times where I've like made arrangements to go away on my own or do something on my own at the last minute I'll always be like oh come with me no. Please, totally. or whatever because like there is that sense like that feeling of like waking up in the morning with the whole day in front of yeah. you and like this fear of like what am I what am I going to totally, do totally and like, I, I will say if I was to go on a beach holiday or somewhere where I'm sitting on the beach all day I couldn't do it I couldn't yeah. do, there'd be too much sitting down too much time to be in my own thoughts too much time to get bored if you're somewhere like New York you don't get bored yeah. so I would say as well that's probably a good idea as well to go somewhere where you know there's always yeah. something to do. And is there something is there, is there something that you plan to do now again? I've already booked the next trip. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to Paris. Oh my I'm God, going to Paris too. Yeah, I, I booked Paris for four weeks' time. <laughs> well, that's fantastic. So you're going yeah. to this, you're, you're going to work through all of the places that the, uh, the Olsen twins went <laughs> in their series of movies. <laughs> I'm following their blueprint, babe. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I came back, right? And I was actually so sad. I Usually when I come back from a holiday, especially when I'm with other people, you're on a party holiday or you're out mm-hmm. and you have a few drinks and you you come home and you're wrecked. I yeah. came back and I was buzzing. I was actually yeah. buzzing and I was like, I need to book something. So that, that evening yeah. I booked I booked flights to Paris because I was like, do you know what? I'm just going to do it again. Yeah, and what about the, I that, that aspect of a holiday because of like the socialising part of it? Like, did you do... I know that you met your friends yeah. when you were over there, but like, did you find that like did it feel like it would be achievable for you to like have gone out for a couple of drinks on your own not even on like a wild night out but like just to kind of go into a bar have a few drinks and just sort of take in that's around totally and like the thing about it is right and I probably shouldn't be encouraging having your phone out and doing a scroll but sometimes it's nice to just connect with people on your phone so like if you go into a bar and you sit up anytime I sat at a bar and I was on my phone I had to put my phone away because the barman is talking to me do you know what I mean? I, I thought you were about to like promote like it's great because grinder. <laughs> it is I didn't say what so I was can, scrolling you on, can, babe. You can connect with whoever <laughs> no, you want. I didn't say what I was scrolling on. <laughs> so, so use your imaginations there, but actually you know what? You're probably good. You know? But no, absolutely not. Like like, like that, you know, and, and there are so many venues and stuff like that where you can go in and like, yeah. like especially in America, if they hear your accent in America. They're the wild all fruit. over you like a rash <laughs> I'm telling you now It's like Michael D. Higgins arriving in Well I, I did see the arrive behind the bar To like actually make a couple of cocktails for yourself <laughs> Yeah so it's like, I did I, like Only I Only I would have gone a solo trip And end up with a job <laughs> There's a yeah. stereotype yeah. for you It was It was, it was a, a wild trip in ways But it was brilliant yeah. and, and I should say as well Because I got to go on my own I covered some ground Yeah so what So out of the things that you saw What would you say are the, What's going to stay with you now uh, out of this trip the things that you know like out of any holiday there's always like one or two moments that are like one or two things that just stick with you like pinch me moments yeah two spring to mind one was the Vanderbilt Summit building actually right which is this newer Mm -hmm. building that they they, with a viewing point and you go up to the 91st floor and you you can go between the 91st and the 93rd floor it's incredible so if anyone's going to New York I'd highly recommend it you've some superb view, view of the city especially on a clear day the other one that I wanted to speak about was 
the 9-11 memorial, mm-hmm. right? I'd booked a tour because my, my idea when I was going over there was I wanted to cover so much ground. Get in, get a tour, get it done, get out. You could have spent the whole day there. Now it is quite harrowing. It's very, it's very heavy. And when yeah. I left there, I needed to take a few minutes to just kind of like slow down. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was just like, oh, like that was, it could have all, it, you really felt like you were there, but it was eye-opening. And like they've, they've done it so well. And like, the experience alone and the stories that come from it. There's just one part in particular that I've been telling people where there's this wall that's that's visible in there. Like it, the the building or the memorial itself is built into this wall and they said the wall is there because it was there beforehand and we can't move that wall. Yeah. And it's part of the memorial now um, and it was par- built as part of the Twin Towers because if the wall was to collapse the whole of Manhattan would have would have flooded on the day of the 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 towers were attacked so like those little things that you wouldn't even yeah. know about so it was eye opening absolutely amazing experience definitely recommend it listen I have to say I I I, I think that it's, it's a terrific thing to do and you've inspired me to, to think you. about about doing something like that myself because I, it is something that's always felt I so would daunting I encourage it even for a yeah. day or two and like stay go to Belfast or go to London yeah, somewhere close by it's well sorry, worth it sorry Diego I'm heading away on my own uh, <laughs> Diego be delighted what he had about <laughs> but like, we've come to the end of our show Another here, one here, another one, another one in the box. Here, I could stay here all day, babe. Oh, I miss you too. loads. Listen, we'll take over the station. We'll be here yeah. all day, yeah, every day from now on. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to to come on over and have a chat to me on my Instagram, I'm James O underscore Hagen at Instagram. And if you want to come over and you can see my vlogs, actually my New York vlogs, uh, absolutely. My Instagram handle is Podrick underscore WMC. Or of course, you can come to our dedicated Instagram page at Curiosity Radio, and never forget that the LGBT helpline is there if you ever need to talk to someone about anything related to the queer experience on 1800-929-539. James, playing us out for this week, considering I've somehow managed to make my five-day trip to the US, my personality trait, <laughs> this is American Boy on Curiosity. This is number one champion sound. Yeah, Estelle, we about to get down. Get down. Who the hottest in the world right now? Just touch down in London town.